It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno, live from Radio Row at Mandalay Bay. Radio Row, JVT, Steve Cofield. We got a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. We're going to turn that mic up. Um, well, I told you. So, 4 o'clock hours here. Welcome in Reno, ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. It's brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766-1400. Dial 775 in the north. We got NFL represented with Will Blackman. We've got Andrew Zimmern, who was one of my favorite interviews. I know you did a lot of interviews last year. It was one of my favorite interviews on Radio Row last week. So thank you so much for waiting like 12 minutes. We kind of double booked everybody. Not at all. You were talking to the great Roy Choi. He's awesome. I yeah, like that guy. Fantastic. But I, 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 I love you, man. Last <laughs> last year, this is a renaissance man. His, his spot last year was dynamite. Um, I will mention right out of the gates, you were you were talking about taste of NFL, and how excited you are to come here. And I really got a kick out of the fact because I don't Vegas gets publicized, but I don't think the local part of Vegas gets publicized. And you were talking about the food culture here and how cool it is. Yeah, people don't understand sort of what's been happening here in the desert over the last 15 years. They see uh, the immense growth of this town, and they don't realize how many people in the hospitality and services sector need to be employed to uh, maintain that growth and the service in the buildings that are being built, all the new hotels, all the new restaurants. The majority of immigrants here, yes, there are some from Central and South America, the majority uh are from overseas uh in asia and what has happened is now 15 years later because so many of those people were able to afford to live here i mean it's a great argument to be made for affordable housing movements in this country right hello san francisco and portland oregon and seattle who are having huge problems right now finding workers in their restaurant industry someone can have a job in the service industry in the hospitality sector and afford to live in a house, to rent a house, to have a family, to to grow their life and to be uh, productive and to enjoy everything that we have to offer here. And what has happened is Las Vegas has become, I'm going to say, one of the three or four best cities to eat in uh, for Asia, all Asian foods right. in the United States. Uh, and... I would also say that it is now at the big kids' table in terms of food in general. It used to be just places that had a, you know, a fancy chef with a restaurant that he came to twice a year and checked in on, and it was really just mailbox money for them. And now people are realizing this is the primary place they want to do business because there's business to be done 24-7, 365. So are you enjoying all the food and restaurant talk? Am I? <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah. Right. Look, when he mentioned the hot bed for Asian food, I'm like, you are right. Okay. I Usually I carry a pair of chopsticks in my pocket somewhere. I don't have them right now. <laughs> that is my top cuisine, no question. Yeah. I mean, Chinatown's grown a, a ton. Like, there's different areas. Uh, up on Spring Mountain, there's so many good restaurants. It's, like, up, it's so cool. And that's like, now, like me, I'm about 33. Like, our kind of social scene is that's where we go. Like we right. like to go up there. Those that's are right. the, the culture's fun, uh, a lot of the other things outside of just the food, but in terms of what you consume, in terms of their media, like, it's all become more popular, but the, the food itself has been fantastic. It's what we connect with a lot. Well, and, I mean, look what's, look what's happened up there. I mean, not to get too granular on it, uh, but uh, you want to go out with, you know, four or five friends, yep. you know, 
six people total and have a great time. What's better than Korean barbecue? Maybe hot pot, yeah. right? The best of both. Take it easy. I'm dying over here. You know? <laughs> well, Me too. You know, I'm hungry. I've been here all day <laughs> eating yeah. gum. Right, there you go. Right. Uh, one of the things we talked about last year, and I'll bring it up again, is Chinatown here and Asiatown here, and really across the country, a lot of people are afraid of the food, right? And as time has gone along, it's become more normalized. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I have some friends in town from Kansas City, and every night I'm like, let's go get communal either Korean barbecue or sushi. All you can eat sushi. And, you know, it's a good, it's a good like, two-hour chit-chat and it's great a blast. food. It's a blast. Why so not? Let's do it. Why let's, not? Let's do it. Um, are you an NFL fan? Uh, if you mean National Football League, yes, die hard. Since I was a little kid. Viking experience, right? Uh, uh, is that well, your team? <laughs> here's, the, here's the issue. Here's the issue. I, I, I came from a family. We were, we were New York Giants football season ticket holders. Oh, uh, okay. Multiple generations. Uh, and I was born and raised a Giants fan, mm-hmm. and so I bleed Giant Blue. Okay. I have lived in Minneapolis for 32 years, and you know there. Are, you know I flew out with this week with members of the team. Uh, they're my neighbors. They're my friends. I, I hang out with some of them. So you want to root for your friends, right? And the the only thing that is a problem is when the Giants play the Vikings because they know I'm. They know that I bleed giant blue. Ooh, a couple years ago, that was bad in the playoffs then, huh? Uh, it was brutal. <laughs> it, was, it was brutal. And, and, and by the way, not just a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you remember the Dante Culpepper, what were we, 14-2? and two? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and somehow had to go in to uh, Atlanta. To, well, we got smoked. I think, I think the Giants put up 21 in the, in the first – you know, 10 minutes of the game against. I told all my friends, I'll get hot dogs. I got back, and the Vikings, you know, were, I mean, sent packing. That was, yeah. that I was get, a crazy year. I get PTSD when I think of the Vikings. I was, I, I was drafted by the Packers, and that was, that was, I know people talk about the Bears. The Vikings was the real rivalry. There was just something, oh, yeah. something about it. Just going to Metrodome and seeing the Viking, hearing Skull, and that, Ooh, yep, that yep. damn horn. <laughs> it's that damn horn. Vikings Packers is the. I mean, it is really. It's a violent fun. game. It is. I love going down to Lambeau for that game. I love going to the to the U.S. Bank Stadium for that game. Um, yeah, it's great. It, I mean, look, the, the, the National Football League has become a global phenomenon, and it's it is growing in a way that I think. People are so surprised at, you know, whether it's games in Germany, whether it's a Super Bowl in Las Vegas. If you told people that 20 years ago, they would have laughed at you. Either one of those things. Yep. And look at how look at how this has grown. It's unbelievable. Yep. We lived it here. Yeah. You know, we were the bad yeah. guys. Yeah. They didn't, well, want to, they didn't want to touch us. And then they were like, wow, there's a lot of money there. <laughs> oh, we can get our hand in gambling, too. All right. We're in. It, it's, it's a fascinating social construct, isn't it? But uh, I think, you know, barring some big mistakes being made. I mean, this is, I mean, I was talking to the head of the, uh, some big gaming commission who was being interviewed on the show before me, and I actually said to him, everything's fine and dandy. Uh, it, it's like astronauts, unless something goes wrong. Yeah. And there, there is no little thing going wrong. If something goes wrong, it's, it's big. And I think it is, there's a little bit of quicksilver to it. Uh, but I think, look, you know, I, I'm a, 
I, I'm a sensible human being. I'm also a, a big believer in solving civic issues and the amount of money generated uh, for the tax base. This is what's paving roads and buying kids school books. And, you know, to that degree, I'm all for it. I mean, it's the devil's in the details. Let's see how everything goes. But right now, I am pumped for Sunday's game, yeah. and I am pumped for Taste of the NFL on Saturday afternoon. So I'm curious then. I'll ask both of you from your perspective. We'll go with you first. I saw you tweet about this. Good Super Bowl party foods. Well, I mean, I have whole sections on my website on it. AndrewZimmer.com. <laughs> yeah. I love. What was the website again? Uh, AndrewZimmer.com. I love no paywall. No I love paywall. cooking uh, for my friends yeah. uh, for football games, and I do believe there's categories. You have to have a chip and dip, whether that's guacamole or hot artichoke dip or whatever. You got to have something chippy. Dippy. Okay, that's one. Give us three total. You must have. There's there's five. You have to have chippy dippy. You have to have something in the wing category. There has to be a hot meal in a bowl I put in your hands, whether that's chili or, uh, you know, a beef stew or something that's hot that's in a bowl that you hold so that you feel the hospitality in my home. You have to have a roast of some kind because I ain't making you a sandwich. You get up and you slice your slice. Put out condiments, whether it's a brisket or a ham or, you know, something, turkey. Put it out there with some condiments. We usually have, like, pulled pork. We do have pulled chicken. Pulled pork, same thing, right? And then you got to have something sweet because there should be something for those that want, you know, fourth quarter. For me, me it's I'll turn. That's what I'll do. Oh, I love it. You know, you wine people. You wine people. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, I, th- I think that's it. And, and I think that's sort of the basic when you're doing a spread. Right. You know, and, and that could be big or large. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, Allegiant Stadium if you're has in, to offer food-wise. If you're in Orange County, then we have charcuterie boards. So That's, that's right. <laughs> yep. I, I got to tell you, so we, we do UNLV football, uh, go to the Raiders. Allegiant staff is pretty good with the food. I can't wait to see. They do really good stuff. Can't wait to see. Yeah, taste of the NFL. This is very important because it Massive. benefits it, the charities. It benefits are While really important. So, yep. who wants to start first? Well, first. I'll give you the the, the yeah. lay of the land, the of and land. I'll let my I'll let my partner in crime, and it's Andrew uh, Zimmern and, and Will Blackman's here with us. Keep it. going. Um, started thirty three years ago. Founded by Wayne Kostrowski, uh, is the largest charitable event uh, all week during the Super Bowl. It's an NFL sanctioned event. We have a hundred players, uh, NFL current and former. Uh, we have about 40 chefs. We have fantastic sponsors, great student entrepreneurs that are funded by the PepsiCo Foundation who are doing great work in food. We have one Miss America. She will be there. Uh, live auction, silent auction, and all the money raised by Gen Youth for this incredible, incredible uh, day goes to ending student hunger in America, which is a shameful and horrific situation that we even have to to talk about it. It's a great party, and if people want to go or if they want to donate or they want to cut and paste a link and send it to everyone in their address book, it's tasteofthenfl.com. Please help us end student hunger in America today. It's it's beyond criminal that we have hungry kids in this country. Right. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, yeah, we were talking about it the other day, and uh, the the number was I think one in eight children. Yeah, that's a that's a our, bad our, stat. Our food short. It's, it's a bad it's worse stat. Than that. Well, because no one jumps up and down and says I'm hungry, right? Well, you don't know. Um, and in some neighborhoods, it's as high as one in four. Remember, what what's awful is that eating well in America and just eating is a class issue. So it 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 disproportionately affects people of color and women. It's 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 horrific, and we can afford to fix the problem. But, you know, our governments are, are stalemated and it's, it's, it's ceased working effectively. So public-private partnerships like this 
are what solves the problem. It's what I love about this team. It is a team effort. So those of us in the in the civic wellness space, you know, my civic-minded friends in the NFL who are who are part of this incredible team that show up all the time and help. Because remember, Gen Youth works 365 days a year. We put programs in schools working with the NFL, you know, to get kids moving to get them fed right, to educate them about nutrition. Because when, you know, I look across the table at my friend Will and I see an elite world-class athlete with the Super Bowl ring, right? It's what he put in his body maybe made the difference between, you know, great and elite, right? There's no question. And and I want, and and he's got an incredible story. He understands firsthand what all this means and how important nutrition is. So Yeah, no, and that's a a valid point, you know, in terms of, like being a professional athlete, right, our, our body is our business. So it is vital that we put proper nutrition to have peak performance. So why not apply those same principles to school? It's funny, uh, my wife, Shauna, she's, she's over there. And when she when we first met, I had the worst diet you can imagine because I got away with it. I was a good athlete. But what happened was, in retrospect, I wasn't able to concentrate as long. I was having all these non-contact injuries until I changed my whole nutrition. So uh, to have this event to have everyone aligned with the same purpose to end child hunger um, is, is great and also do it properly with the proper nutrition. So that is, that is the most exciting thing that I can say right now about this. Guys, that was awesome. Thank I, you. I really appreciate it. I told you last year I love the spot. Great spot again. Will, thanks for being on board with us. Listen, really cool. I am I, – I know. I don't put that. Little, don't leave I that jacket hanging. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do not leave that jacket hanging. Around. Oh, you know it's what? I'll make, I'll make the reference to you because a uh, young guy, John, didn't get it, and maybe Will wouldn't. Is this Vegas like player or is it Golden Girls? Golden Girls. That's what I thought too when I got it in the mail. I was like Golden and Girls. And still, still awesome. Okay, I appreciate it. All right, we come back. Uh, we're getting at halfway point of Cofield and Company here at Radio Row. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno, live from Radio Row at Mandalay Bay. Radio Row rolling on, not easy to say. Uh, Brian Jones, an analyst, a former player, uh, working with Edge 3. So let's get into that before we get into the Super Bowl. So what's cooking? Edge3.ai, partnering with IBM Watson X. Edge3.ai is an athlete coach platform athletes who have been thrust into the recruiting process and have no idea what questions to ask or even where to look for answers. And for coaches who are involved in recruiting processes, which is much, much different from back in the day when I was being recruited, and how do they mitigate risk and get enough information on the subjects they are targeting to make sure they are a fit in their locker room. So we've developed this platform, myself along with Kenyon Rashid, who's also a former NFL player. Uh, we were inundated with questions from family members, friends, about the whole recruiting process. And we said, why don't we build a platform where we can aggregate tons of data that's out there in desperate avenues, bring it under one umbrella, and we can help athletes, coaches make better informed decisions and who better to partner with than IBM Watson X and have their technology power our engine and assist these coaches and athletes and their families get through or dissect all the information that's there. Because it goes a little further than whether that school's on 
television or, mm-hmm. you know, are they winning? you, you got to drill a little deeper in today's game as an athlete to figure out if it's a great fit. Because if I'm 5'6", 140, Texas ain't calling. Yeah. You know, I don't think they have any running backs at that, at, at, at that size. So we give you insight, a look into those position rooms and all the, the comparative analysis. And, and then on the flip side, once again, how do I mitigate – this recruiting process in this day and age of the transfer portal because i got to re-recruit my locker room so i want to make sure from the outset i'm recruiting guys that want to stay here for the long haul that's the goal it's the hardest part of the whole thing is finding you know not only dudes but dudes who are good off the field and this yeah. is right up rally first of all we're big data and analytics guys we also both cover UNLV football mm-hmm. so they've been building and they had a yes. nice breakout this last yeah. year Coach and I'll, I'll give you a good example they found multiple guys that their their kick returner, punt returner, was an All-American. He was mm-hmm. the top three guy in the country. Last February at a JUCO, he's like, I don't have any offers. I'm going to quit football. And they nailed it. Right. Now, w- what level can you get to when you have more information? That's great example. The more information, the better the decisions, no matter what it is you're deciding. What are you deciding to buy a car? He's 5'7", fi- he's 175. There you go. Yep. So just completely right. overlooked. Yeah, because of his metrics, and you are 100% correct. So, yeah, the more information you, you have, the more eyeballs you have, and the quicker you can sift through the information. And that's what IBM Watson X allows is for you to get through all these data points a lot quicker. And this isn't their first rodeo in sports. They have the predictive analytics with Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. Obviously, they're aligned with the Masters Golf Tournament. So the more information, the better informed decision. That's the goal of Edge3.ai, IBM Watson X. So we talk about this a lot. How much of an edge has it become for coaches that can recruit high school pretty well nowadays? Because now most coaches are trying to fill the roster with transfers. But if you can start to just regularly bring in young guys who are overlooked because these other teams are trying to fill their rosters with guys who have played, I feel like you can have sustained success. That's what the big boys do that have that foundation. My alma mater, University of Texas, Alabama, Georgia, they'll go and they'll find someone to fill a void real quick, but the foundation has been built and and it's sustained because of their recruiting prowess, the legacy model. They have mastered that model, and you'll see others with the quick fix. Arizona this past year, not talked about as much as far as what they did in the transfer report. It was all about Colorado and and, prime time, and, and, and deservedly so, but there are other schools you know, Michigan State a few years back mm-hmm. uh, with the now disgraced Mel Tucker. Uh, but was, is that model sustainable? That's the key. Is it without going back to the legacy model and identifying the right fits for your program? Edge3.ai will assist in helping you build that foundation by pinpointing the ideal guys. We're not making a decision for you, but we're going to give you as much information as you need to make a better decision. I'm glad you mentioned Mel Tucker. We have some friends from another service who were talking about building coaching staffs and that they were putting together data that schools and the NFL could look at for predictability on coaching staffs. I don't know how – what do you punch in? Punch in, you big dummy. That's what you you punch in. The last person I'm going to hit on is the the person I've brought in-house tasked with educating my players on – uh, sexual assault uh, or how to treat women, yada, yada, yada. Now, we don't have all the information, uh, what's going on there, but uh, from our 30,000-foot perspective, it, it doesn't uh, look good. So, And that's another 
probability we have embedded in edgestreet.ai, the coach. Is this coach a good fit for me and my temperament? You know, if I'm a kid that's kind of shy, this dude comes over here dog cussing me on the sideline, I'm probably going to go the opposite direction, go into my shell. So how do we once again identify the, the requisite qualities that work for me, that are a fit for me, whether it's a coaching style, whether it's scheme, you know, how many balls did this player get at my position a year ago? Uh, and, and, and from a coaching standpoint, is this a kid that we can coach in the manner in which we have, we have coached others? So we, we want to give them answers to all those questions. Brian Jones is with us. What was it like? You were with the Raiders for a little bit in 94. The Raiders. The Raider the, way. The, the late Al Davis did not like me. He drafted me in 1991, and he cut me three times. So that's what it was like. <laughs> Pack your bags and get your ass out of here. No, it, you know, it was, it was back then it was a great team. They were a playoff team, but it was the worst team for me because I needed discipline. And, unfortunately, the Raiders were in L.A. at that time. I played at UCLA, then transferred to the University of Texas. So going back to L.A., now with some money in my pocket, knowing where the bodies were buried, yeah. it was the worst. And this was a veteran team. There was no regiment show up whenever, work out, do whatever. There was nothing monitoring system or anything of that nature because you've got a bunch of bets on this team, the Howie Longs, the Ronnie Lotts, uh, the Tim Browns. I mean, it was just amazing. Uh, Marcus Allen, this, this, this conglomerate of, of talent. And, 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 and so guys, they were pros. Here I am, a snotty-nosed rookie. Thinking I'm a pro just because I'd been drafted, but huh. nah, I had no idea what it entailed. And then, uh, you know, I go, he cut me, bring me back, I get hurt. So it wasn't the fairy tale uh, existence that I, I, I wanted. But luckily for me, I overcame some injuries and went and played my last four years with New Orleans and one year with the Colts. So it worked out well. But when they, I got that phone call, even though it was on the second day, man, I was tickle pink uh, that the Raiders had called. Archell was the coach. Archell was so the coach. I want to transition from Archell because for the longest time, Archell was the only bounce back African American coach. Like second chance. Mm -hmm. Ooh, what a concept. Yeah. What do you think? It, what just happened with the hiring cycle around the NFL? Because forever we're like, wow, that's a quick hook on the African American coach. Oh, look, look at another guy getting a second chance right away. This was a really. I, I thought there was some progress made finally, and maybe it's because younger owners are starting to take over. But Gerard Mayo, AP here getting the job. They're is there was some growth. Well, especially Pierce here, man. Uh, that locker room loved him, and you saw you saw some progression in the manner in which they played. And it seemed as though there was a big exhale uh, once he took over. Yes, and the, the, you can play more freely, and and he's a pro's pro. That guy's been out there. He knows what they're going through. He has lived that journey. That's why we did edge. 3.ai we have lived this sports journey that these kids are embarking upon so uh, as far as this, this change in the uh, colorization of the sidelines if you will yeah. we'll see if, if it has some staying power but these guys got the job because they were qualified Gerard Mayo I've been hearing about him uh, for, for a long time first of all he's an excellent player collegiate level at the pro level and he's a guy that got, went into the business world, came back to the to the to the game, and man, uh, he has just provided a spark quietly in house around New England. Although it hasn't uh, materialized on the field uh, here of late, so not surprised uh, with with his hiring. But you you hit on something: the younger owners. I have always said that these older owners, they're 
hiring people they're comfortable with. Yep. And, and if you go through your, your Rolodex, who do you interact with? Who's, what color is your banker? What color is your accountant? What color uh, you know, is your barber? This, this, and that. Your dentist. And I, I did this little exercise when I was doing sports talk radio for CBS Sports Radio a number of years ago. And mine was, man, it was a kaleidoscope. You know, my co-host, not so much. Yeah. So I, 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 I got the United Nations as far as who I interact with. Yeah. A lot of these owners, they don't. Mm-hmm. So you hire who you're familiar with. I don't necessarily think it was racial. Maybe some of them you know, harbored some, some feelings of that, that, that sort. But uh, it's, it's good to see. That guys are being recognized and they're getting an opportunity to show, showcase whether or not they can handle that position. Brian Jones, former uh, Texas UCLA player, uh, Raider, right? He was talking about mm-hmm. the, the Raiders. Von Tobel, Cofield, we uh, talked to Brian yesterday, and uh, it's very interesting. He's part of a concept there to help out college recruits, match them to schools, help the schools. There's a lot of people now, while like a lot of people around this room are very resistant to data and analysis, you're seeing a lot of football people who are like, we need this, oh, and we can make money? I don't think people realize that, like Sumer Sports, we talked to Thomas Dimitrov, the former GM of the Falcons, who's one of the owners, and Eric Eager, a PFF guy. I don't think people realize how much coaches use data and analysis and pay for it. Like, they use outside services. This has become a big business. Everybody does. Everybody does in every walk of life. That's why I never understand why people don't like the whole concept. You use it every day. Math. Yeah, right. Like somebody Maybe that's part of it. Because, But I'm going to sound like an old guy here. Like, we, a lot of us don't have to do math that we used to have to do. Right. But it's just simple. I know how to read a map. Like, uh, what's it called? Like, somebody, I saw somebody railing against analytics again. Somebody was like, don't you split aces? Like, that's. Oh, you guys, when you bring up blackjack and the, you just get <laughs> the blank look like, what? I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, of course you did. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Radio Row, ESPN Las Vegas rolling on, and uh, we want to break down the game with a real expert, right? We have a bunch of fatties on, uh, like myself. Real expert. You play the game. But, you know, I know ball. I wouldn't go real expert though. I know a little ball. Not okay, you're being humble. Fletcher Cox yeah. is with us. Yeah, it is incredible. So we're a radio audience, obviously. Uh, Cam Newton just came over and said hi to you, and you were both standing here next to me while I was sitting, and I was like, oh my god, he's like, taller I'm so, than I am. He's you huge. Yeah, it doesn't translate across TV, but as Steve said, uh, I'll steal a joke that I heard earlier. The BMI, like on this side with radio, is pretty high. So, you know, it's good to see some real athletes over here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, uh, I want to ask this because obviously you've got some experience when it comes to Super Bowls and, and the weeks leading up to it. So, what's the week like for you guys? Like, in terms of like this week when you're in the city, what are you doing? What's it like? Honestly, um, it's a big distraction. Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, when you, when you, uh, you, you traveling, you, you try to keep everything uh, normal, right? You know, the things that you do at home, like doing a normal game week, obviously, you know, the NFL wants, uh, you know, the teams there, you got media days and, you know, you got these slots and things like that you're not normally usually doing during the regular season. And, uh, and that's, and that's always the biggest thing. Like how do you balance, you know, stand focused for the game and, you know, the other distractions, like things that like, you know, obviously, you know, there's a big deal with opening night. And, you know, so, I mean, honestly, it's just, it's just how you approach it. Um, and, and how do you eliminate those distractions, the, the, the outside things that's going on around you, and you try to keep it. And um, so 
it, you know, it can go it can go either way. It can either be a distraction or mm. you, can, you can take it serious. Is there an internal meeting like at times where like, all right, guys, what cities were you guys in when you played? Uh, we was in Minnesota. Okay. Uh, oh, Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> And uh, obviously, you know, Arizona last year. So, like, is there a meeting like, hey, guys, all right, we're here. Like, don't get out. Minnesota and Arizona are a little bit different than Las Vegas. But is there, like, a meeting of the minds? Like, we know what this is about. Let's let's keep this tight. Well, I think the biggest thing is, like, you know, you you, you get here, travel, what, Sunday or Monday. Um, You know, you got whatever, open at night, Monday, when you get there. Tuesday is normally your day off. So, I think most coaches try to keep that Tuesday your day off. Um, With a curfew, you know, depends. And then – you know, you go to to Wednesday where all right, it's it's game plan. We, you know, I think that's when guys really start to start to lock in on what you need to do and what you got to do to 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 prepare for the game. You know, obviously the week before they we, they've already sprinkled a little bit of the game plan in, but they don't want to you know just go over it two weeks in a row where it's just oh, okay, I heard this before, I don't have your attention. Yeah. So it's just it's just one of those things where you know eliminating distractions and and and, and knowing what like you know what what you got in front of you. So we're at ESPN Las Vegas. Steve and I have been kind of fighting this battle of like people coming out here in Las Vegas. Like we saw it was a Boomer Tyson yesterday. Like no 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 no. They, they should have the team should have stayed in Arizona. And then they should have flown out here. We're kind of fighting this battle of like, ah, oh, you can have distractions everywhere. Las Vegas is a unique city, but like, you know, this is you can still come out here and, and have things go seamlessly. Be if a you're pro, taking it right? Yeah, be a professional. Absolutely, and that's that's the thing, right? It's you know, you you, you know the pros. Yep. You know the guys. You know that's that's going to know like, all right, I'm not worried about that guy. You know, I'm not worried about that guy. You know, sometimes if you got some some guys, obviously they're on every team, right? You know, yep. they kind of source out. You know, want to do some different things, but you know, as a leader. Um, has been around and you kind of you kind of kind of reel them guys back in and say look man we're here to, to take care of business you got the rest of the offseason to do whatever you need to do you know like and, and that's the that's the approach you, you try to give to the young guys Fletcher Cox is with us so what's going on with Tide oh we're talking about Tide that's Let's what we're talking about yeah. that's the reason I'm here today of course football and a lot of Tide yeah football and a lot of Tide and, and tell you what Tide is a, I lose Tide a lot at my house if y'all don't y'all should right because Tide can tackle any pod not too big, not too small. <laughs> All right. Here you go. Strong pitch on the tide. You're a tide family, right? No. Or you fib to him to his I face. Lied. I know. I well, I, I can't hold it back because I it is a great product. But I'm like, I gotta I gotta cut corner somewhere. We're a glad. This damn economy. We're a glad family. It's cheap. Oh, I am I am very much well, ooh, really? Yeah, well, I mean, it is by cheap. comparison, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm very, very much a uh, no brand person, yeah. like some quality, but not bottom of the barrel. You just don't wash your clothes. Uh, no, I wash. I actually ruin everything by washing it too much. Yeah. You got to take care of your stuff. I know. Got to take care of it. I will say like, I will throw my shiny jacket in the wash by accident. There's no way you can ruin it wa- if you use Tide. So uh, it's, no, yeah, no, this is a Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox. It's been a long day. Um, <laughs> he had a great line where he said, you can't be tied with a stick. It's good. That was pretty good. Coming up next, let's talk uh, some odds and Super Bowl prop bets as uh, Jay Cornegay is going to be with us. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gaming on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. So let's talk some props. Let's get some updates on what's going on around Las Vegas. Also more Vegas history. Uh, Jay Cornegay from the Superbook has been here forever. Uh, listen, all the book directors, the ones who've been here for the longest time, they talk to the people uh, around the NFL. They've done it for years and years and years, and they, they know in the past the NFL was like, hey, man, your place, sorry, it's taboo. And we started off a conversation with Jay just mentioning, I mean, it is just kind of freaky 
that the Super Bowl and the NFL are here on the ground for their biggest party of the year. Sin City. I never thought they would get an NFL team. I've talked to the NFL years, you know, for a number of years, and their stance was crystal clear. Absolutely not. Now, I mean, we're just talking about sports betting, not to mention right. having the Super Bowl here. So um, because of their, their their stance, and that was shared with me a number of times over the years, there was, I was in that boat. It was not going to happen. You're not a cusser, but I think you were going to drop an F-bomb there. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, absolutely effing not. Right. Well, I mean, because I keep using the term with our guests, like the relationship, and you'd be able to speak more to this since you were in those uh, conversations. I use the word adversarial, right? Like mm-hmm. that's how it kind of used to be between the NFL and Las Vegas, down to threatening to come out and measure screens during parties, like all sorts of things in the last, you know, what was it, 10, 15 years ago, not even. Right. There was a, a time when Vegas had a shortage of 55-inch TVs. Mm-hmm. And that was the, remember, that was their stance on temporary setups. I mean, the, the permanent setups that we showed games on all year long were okay. But those parties, we had to find 55-inch TVs. We had to get them shipped over, okay, from another country just in time to set up for our Super Bowl parties. But it was ridiculous, uh, um, you know, that they would follow through on those uh, parameters that we had to work with. Your ears are ringing. Uh, Jay Cornegay is with us from Superbook, Westgate. I was just doing an interview in D.C. with a guy who – Worked with me in radio, uh, 98, and I was talking about the adversarial relationship, and I, I, I said it was the 54-inch TV rule, but 55, yeah, they uh, they actually threatened everyone here. They were going to shut down the parties, and they were going to measure the TVs and had agents on the ground. I'm like, this is insanity, and now look at where we are now. Well, if I recall, it was one property that they were really upset with, which I won't name, but they were charging just to view the game, and it wasn't a party. It didn't include food and beverage. It was just to go into their movie theater to watch the, the game, and that's where they drew the line, and that's where they blew the fruit views of, all right, we're coming down on Vegas, which they did. Well, and they've been missing out, right, because you mentioned this, this Radio Row. This is my first one, and by all accounts, yeah, I've never been to one before. Wow. You talk to everybody. It's one of the biggest and the best ones, and just think about how perfect Vegas is for this. Everything's within, like, a mile direction. you got the stadium right here. you got all these hotels. you got this convention space. They've been missing out on, like, one of the best venues for a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think we're built for this, and that's what we've been saying since they announced it. It's like, this is old hat for us. We have a lot of big events, and we're getting more and more every year. Uh, you know, it's it's very obvious to me that we're going to be part of the regular rotation of hosting the Super Bowl. I just hope it's not every eight years. I'm hoping it's every four or five years. Well, Rosh Makazi um, over at um, Sporting Front, Tribune. Sporting Tribune, thank yep. you. I was going to go with his other one. Uh, he's He works so, in so many other places. Uh, but the Sporting Tribune retwe- or, uh, reported just yesterday. It's like, no, it's part of the rotation now. He's talked to NFL execs. Las Vegas is going to be here. So what I think is, he makes what a lot of sense. rotation mean? I think, he, I think he named four other cities. So uh, as part of five, like total. Yeah, I thought it was Las Tampa, Vegas. Miami, New Orleans, New Orleans, us, and LA. Yeah. Did I say LA? So five. Right okay. there. So we should expect this about every five or six years. Yep. Smart. Right. Yeah. Right. If smart. they're smart, yeah, I I think that <laughs> if they're smart, we're gonna. I mean, obviously, we have our A game going on right now, and and that makes sense. And I think that once they uh, get through the weekend, they're gonna know that uh, Vegas was built for this, and Vegas can put on the show, and a lot of people will prefer this town over others. Let's talk props. So you guys put up five hundred plus. Yep. What are some of them that are getting lots of action? Do you ever get uh, early on? Do you ever get a little bit squirrely and you start looking around at your uh, risk supervisors and you're like, why did we do this one? Like where you get just pounded on something. All the time, Steve. Okay, there you go. <laughs> That's probably your existence, right? I'm very low-level yeah. management, but I know, you know, when you get nervous, 
especially you guys in the sports books. You guys, all of a sudden, someone's calling from wherever, the imaginary upstairs. Yeah, it's uh, I, I'm one of those calls because I'm like, what are, why did we open here? We knew they were going to bet it this way, you know. And, you know, I got Ed and Jeff, and we've been working together for, you know, 30 years, and uh, we still don't agree on a lot of things. And so, you know, I, I'm one of those guys now that I don't need all that aggravation by if, if we know somebody is going to have, let's say, total net yards by both teams and they have six, let's say the others have 675 yards. We put up 729. We know where they're going to bet it, mm-hmm. right? They're going to bet it under. All right. It, I mean, it jumped down from 729 and a half down to 716 and it's probably a little lower as we speak. But those type of moves just drive me nuts. I, my golden rule is don't give them more than what they're going to take. You know, it's like I don't think we have to give them 100 to 1 when everybody else is 50 to 1. Right. But that's kind of been our reputation over the years. And so I kind of butt heads with them a little bit. But uh, they've been doing a great job, and we've done very well with these propositions over the years, even though we've taken our lumps. And that's one of the reasons why the props are as popular as they are. Remember, back in the day, you these were called sucker bets. People were staring away from them, mm-hmm. and the sharps were telling people not to bet them because they were sucker bets. But uh, now both sides are are taking advantage of uh, you know uh, perceived value. So when it comes to that balance, especially with the props of opening them up and where you're going to open them, how do you account for assumed sharp action that you're going to respect as well as the more public wagers and the influx of public wagers. You're going to get more of those this time around. So what's the balancing act? Then? Well, I'm going to drive it to a certain place. And there, and if we know that there's others that have different numbers, as I was mentioning, we know it's going to go that direction. The public, all right, they won't get a hold of this until Friday night, yeah. Saturday. And then we expect them to drive back so we'll keep that in the back of our minds knowing listen the public's going to come in and bet the over all right so we even though we have some sharp action on the under we know it's going to the number's going to be driven back up by the general public once they get a hold of that and we book that accordingly have you seen more public action early in the week with it here and people coming into town a little bit yeah yeah i we we've seen even when we opened them up we had a few what we would call recreational players they were playing limits all right i'm not sure if we've seen that many of those as we've had in, in years past. Jay Cornegay is with us. Westgate, Superbook. So I was just looking at some of the crossover props. Can we hit some? Sure. Let's do it. The one I'm very interested in oh, is, is Caitlin Clark threes. Yes. Uh, made versus Travis Kelsey receptions. I didn't realize Caitlin Clark is averaging 5.3 three makes a game. Uh, you're shaking your head. Have you gotten pounded one way or the other on this one already? I don't think so, okay. but it has been discussed a lot. I, I can tell you, that's been catching a lot of eyes. Nailed it. You know? <laughs> but uh, I know what the mouse is I like. Mean, she's a tremendous, right? So I mean, I, I I really do enjoy watching her play. I she's I, there's just she takes so many bad shots. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, yep. I mean, from distance. She takes yet, 13 threes a game. She's shooting 40, percent but there's going to yeah. be some bricks in there. But she's a. Right. Uh, uh, I forgot who I was watching the other day. I was uh, the kid caught on Wyoming, and he made a couple of just prayers early. And I'm like, that guy is a bad shot maker. And there are just some people who are good at that. Yeah, well, she can definitely be off balance, you know, 25 feet away <laughs> and hit nothing but net. But uh, incredible player. I expect that one to be getting – I know 
I was said it's being discussed a lot. A lot of people are talking about Caitlin Clark's props. Um, since we don't have the other one, all right, we don't have the Swifty ones. People are talking about Caitlin, but uh, I expect that to get a lot of attention in the next uh, couple of days. The, the crossbar prop that I actually I did because I didn't get to go down opening night, and the one I was going to go bet was Chet Holmgren points plus four and a half versus Christian McCaffrey carries, I think it was. And then when I went to go check to go bet, it went from four and a half to two and a half already. So yeah. that seemed pretty popular as well. The, the Sharps are the ones that really move the things and I, I can tell you that the general public they like to discuss them they, they you see them discussed in circles but they don't really play them that much yeah that and that's why we actually uh, cut down our crossover uh props this year because um those are the ones that people discuss rather than bet and therefore instead of about three or four pages full of crossover yeah. sports we no, have a page and a half good place to watch the big game great place to watch the big game is at Westgate in the Superbook. You've got parties all over the property. By the way, 10 a.m. start on Scintillating Sunday. Danny Smythe Sunday football preview show. Live from the book. Awesome. Right? Oh, yeah. uh, you got space in the book for people to watch. And then you guys are you guys are starting to stretch to the gills in terms of occupancy and, and room to watch the game. This is a good weekend for you. Yeah, it's a great weekend for us and a very important weekend. And so we got everything. Uh, we got all our ducks in a row. We got something for everybody we have first come first serve we have a party that has uh 1500 seats that's first come first serve so get there early that will be in the international theater we have a invited guests only party that's pretty much sold out we had uh, a party that uh, um guests were able to buy tickets that included all their food and beverage that's another 1500 and uh, like i said in the book there's reserve seating that includes all your food and beverage and then there's first come first serve so we, I think we have everything covered. It's just that people are going to have to understand if you're going to get or hold out for those first come first serve, you better get there really early Sunday morning. Have the Swifties crush you guys on the octopus, which <laughs> I actually didn't know what that meant until I just read it. Do you want to explain it? Uh, the octopus is a, a, a proposition where, um, well, it, it's an event that happens during the course of the game where when, if a player scores a touchdown, they follow it up by scoring the two-point conversion. That's the octopus. That's the octopus. I actually didn't know what it was. Thanks to Jay Cornegay who popped on with us a little earlier. Westgate Superbook. Remember, on scintillating seventh day of the week, got to be careful, the Danny Smythe Sunday football preview show expands, John, to two hours. Getting you ready for the big game. 10 a.m. start. Usually starts first thing in the morning. 10 a.m. start. On the way back, we're going to talk to Rod Woodson and a DEA agent. Oh, yeah. Really interesting stuff going on right now. Scary stuff. 